What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon. And today we wanted to come and do something a little bit different. We don't have a race this week, but we thought this would be a perfect time to address a bunch of these rumors that keep going around the Formula One world. We've got rumors about two different Schumachers, both Mick and his uncle Ralph, who's stirring the pot again. And then some more rumors about potential driver shakeups. Um, so we figured now's the perfect time to talk about those. And I think, Dylan, a lot of these are coming about because we're just, what, a two, or no, we're a month away from, you know, summer break, which is traditionally silly season when you start to see a bunch of weird, like, shakeups in the lineup and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure it's because of that. But you think some we're going to have these, a silly season this year? I think we're going to have a big silly season this year. And we'll talk about it later. I have a prediction. I think we're going to okay. have a massive shakeup this year. Okay. All right. All right. But so let's go into the first one, right? So the first one, this is actually an article I came across on Sports Illustrated. Normally when I see these articles, I don't put too much weight into it. But then if I see it, if it's from like the mirror or the, you know, some other website that's not very reputable. But then I saw this one with Sports Illustrated. So I was like, oh, maybe we'll give it a little bit of credit or a little bit of time. Um, but this one was basically suggesting that Mick Schumacher might replace Logan Sargent midseason. And I've been seeing this other places pop up as well. And I don't know, man. For me, I just, I don't foresee it. I don't see Logan Sargent. Like, yeah, he's underperforming. He hasn't scored. But he's also a rookie who didn't do that well in the junior formulas. And he's in a Williams. Like you said before, he's not in a Red Bull. So I don't think the pressure is really on him to perform. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing I saw this morning is Mick released on Instagram that he's super excited to drive his dad's 2011 Mercedes in at Silverstone. So I'm wondering, because I saw, you know, I saw a rumor a couple of days ago that was like, it's been released that Mick's going to be driving a car in the future, you know, back on track. Like, well, I wonder if it's been released that he's driving his dad's 2011 <laughs> Formula One car, not necessarily that he's got a seat. Right. Um, taken out of context, maybe. Maybe taken out of context. I don't, I don't see it that he's going to replace uh, Logan Sargent. Logan's definitely, Logan kind of reminds me of Yuki Sonoda in some ways, not the crashing it all the time way, but like the moments of genuine good driver is in there. Like we've saw, we saw it at Saudi um, when Logan put that blistering time on the board around the track that got canceled because he, touch the pit lane entrance um he he's definitely shown good move good moments i don't think it's time to you know he hasn't he hasn't been performing great but he hasn't cost him five million dollars in damages mick schumacher um <laughs> that's true so i think a lot of these rumors also come from two parts and one of them is that total wolf is his manager and apparently a huge supporter and Toto has those ties with Williams. So people are thinking Toto is going to use that to leverage Williams and get him in a seat. But the other one was in the article. There was a quote where Mick said, I'm always ready. Believe me, I'm working very hard to hopefully be back in the car soon. We'll see each other very soon. I should be there again next year at the latest. So I think people are just kind of reading into that and yeah. being like, oh, next year at the latest. Huh? So there's a chance you might be in there this so year. you're but... saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty again, sure Danny Rick yeah. posted the same thing last year. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did. Speaking, okay, I I'm derailing. This was not planned, but it blew my mind. 
You said Toto is Mick's manager. You know who who else Toto Wolf manages? Uh, who else? Valtteri Bottas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I saw this thing the other day. Russell just signed an extension to stay with Mercedes through 2025. And he's getting paid $8 million a year. Toto got Botas a seat at Alfa Romeo making $10 million in a year. <laughs> so he managed to get Botas more money at a lower level. And George Russell, who's arguably the best number two driver on the grid right now, is getting paid less by the same man. <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh, Toto also manage George? Or he did? I, Maybe he had to st- like take, take I, out of that role anymore. when he got to Mercedes. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was and awesome. Bottas, Bottas, and well, when we get into one of the other rumors, Bottas keeps popping up as as somebody who's underperforming and a lot of people think might be in danger. But I don't know. I, I think he's just chilling right now. I think he's chilling, living his best life, rocking that mullet, driving rally cars on the weekends, <laughs> making, making his gin. Year. Yeah, making yeah, right? gin. Um, okay, uh, so, but anyway, back to... I don't see Schumacher replacing Sargent this year. I don't see it either. No, that one I'm going to put very little credibility on. You know, maybe next year Logan's uh, contract only goes, it's only a one-year contract, so potentially at the end of the year if he doesn't make a turnaround. But other than that, I don't see it happening mid-season. I mean, but what's a turnaround in a Williams? Oh. Well, I don't know. Maybe if he <laughs> like, scores a point or two. I don't know. Look at Albon. Look at what Albon's doing. We're going to get into Albon. We're going to get to Albon. That's, but agree. then again, Albon did have an upgraded Williams last time. But Albon's been extremely consistent and very good this year. All right. So moving from one Schumacher, let's go to the rumors from the other Schumacher. Old Ralph Schumacher, Mick's uncle and Michael's brother, who keeps stirring the pot this year. He's, his name keeps popping up all over the place. I mean, if you were him, I, I'd do the, I'd wake up in the morning, hop on Twitter and post something just to see everything go crazy. Like <laughs> Exactly. And I, I don't know if he's doing that here, but I actually agree with him on this. And this is something yeah. that we mentioned a while ago and got a lot of hate for it. Everybody's saying it was crazy. But Ralph Schumacher um, came out as saying that he believes that Aston Martin is going to be on the hunt for a new driver and that in his or in that he believes that Leclerc is the only logical choice for that, which is something we said two months ago. And apparently it was like impossible. And now everybody's jumping on board and saying it was a good idea. But I will say that uh, when we said it before, I mentioned that I thought Alonzo would potentially be the one because he's getting older. His contract ends in 2025. So does Leclerc's, and I figured Leclerc would move in there. Um, but Ralph Schumacher is is kind of hinting that it would be Lance's seat that he takes, and uh, I kind of agree with it, man. And we've talked about how Lance is doing this year. Not, not. I don't good. think that's a far stretch, though. We've been talking about. I mean, it's been mainstream media at this point that you know Lawrence is getting quite a bit of pressure, probably that his son is underperforming so hard. Um, I, I don't think that's a big stretch. Uh, whether it's Leclerc or not is interesting. I could see Leclerc wanting that seat, but he wouldn't be the only one. There's other people totally in that hunt. And with the way Leclerc's been performing lately, if I had Lando Norris in that hunt, I might take Lando over Leclerc. If you had your like, choice, if you're Lawrence, you're ch- gonna take you're gonna take Lando. 
I think I would, but there, you know, that's a business decision at the same time. Lando's contracts for way more money. Lando's being paid 80 million over, I think three or four years. So to buy him out is going to be more expensive, but I guess this is a two part is strolls seat at risk is, do we think that that's a possibility that daddy stroll is going to fire his son? I think yes. Probably not mid-season. It'll probably be an end-of-season thing. I don't see him booting him out over the summer break. Maybe end-of-season. But, man, I don't know. Let let me back up a little bit. Ralph's first comments that we talked about a month or so ago was that it wasn't Ferrari's fault that they were underperforming. It was the driver's fault. And at the time, you and I said, eh, maybe a little column A, a little column B, but Ferrari's definitely, like, shooting themselves in the foot. I'm starting to wonder, like, if the drivers aren't being held a little bit at fault here. Like, they are making mistakes. They are crashing the cars. And that might be because the cars are a little bit unsteady or unstable or whatever. But I don't know. I think I would take a Lando Norris over Leclerc as of today. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. But, and we talked about if I think there's going to be a silly season. And this is where it comes in. Yeah. Because I think we're going to get an announcement that, and this is, you know, tinfoil hat talk right here. <laughs> but I think we're going to get an announcement that uh, Lawrence Stroll has signed on Charles Leclerc for 2024 and beyond. I think he's going to buy him out, whatever that costs. I think Charles Leclerc is completely done with Ferrari. He sees him? that, yeah, he sees that he's not going to be able to fight for that championship if he stays there. And he has to make one move that's going to potentially secure his future. And I think this is, you know, Aston Martin it came out of nowhere and I think they're going to be his knight in shining armor and save him. So I, that's my, that's my big shakeup for this year that I think is going to happen now. Okay. So play it out then. So Leclerc leaves and goes in 24 over to Aston to take, I'm assuming you're alluding to stroll seat, stroll seat. Yep. Stroll's okay. going to, he's going to get some other position, whether it's in the team Indy or car. doing so. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Not not in an F1 car. Okay, so now there's a hole at Ferrari. Who's filling it? And that's the thing, man. This is this is where the the silly season gets exciting because honestly, I don't know. Like who? I don't know. I, and I don't think they're gonna buy somebody out of their contract. No. So it's gonna either be somebody whose contract is up at the end of the year. It's gonna be an academy I, kid. I bet they pull a new guy up. It potentially, yeah, and put Carlos Sainz as their number one driver and pull mm-hmm. somebody else up. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in my tinfoil hat theory, right? It's a very thin theory, but <laughs> fair enough. We'll just start first with Charlotte Claire moving to AMR. I'd be cool with that. I'd be fine. Anything to get Lance out of the seat, I think it is hurting Aston Martin well, severely. For sure. I mean, what's the the dollar amount, you know, between P two and P three in the championship for constructors? Tens like, of millions of dollars. It's a yeah, it's a financial he's a financial liability right now. Yeah, and you got a lot of backers to include Toto Wolf. You know, Toto owns like, I think, 5 or 10% of AMR. What does Toto not own? That's I saw a thing, a like he's, I saw a thing the other day. I didn't realize Toto's a billionaire. He broke into that this year. Jeez. He made the list this year, yeah. <laughs> so should we just jump into what driver is most at risk? Yep. So, and for a little backstory on this, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about drivers potentially losing their seats. So we put up a poll on a couple different Facebook groups and on our Instagram. And the two questions we asked were, who is currently at the most risk of losing their seat? 
And then who is the current most underrated driver on the grid? And so we got some pretty decent responses for that. But before we get into the responses we got, I was interested in seeing who you thought would fill those uh, shoes. I definitely think that DeVries has the highest risk at this point of being just outright fired. Um, I think there's a couple of guys that are on the list, but I think DeVries is the highest. I don't know of many other people that would be fired mid-season right now. Um, he's the one, and I mean, that's no surprise. Helmet Marco's made that pretty public, which also doesn't help Nick DeVries's case in any way, shape or form. Right. Like, um, but yeah, I'm going with Nick DeVries. I almost feel like when Helmet Marco says stuff like that, it's like the, the mark of death. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, there's a very slim chance. Like that's terminal right there. Chances of you coming out of that are very slim. The only when he first said that the only way Nick DeVries would keep a C is if he all of a sudden became the number one driver and started beating Yuki. Anything else you're out, man, you're not doing it. (laughs) Like it's the great, the the good and the bad of Red Bulls that there's always going to be a seat opportunity there that you can slide into, but also you only have a little while to prove yourself or you out. What, what a, a pressure cooker Red Mm -hmm. Bull, that whole Red Bull machine is. And it is, yeah. but that's why you get Sebastian Vettel's and Max Verstappen's out of it. It's that's true, that's true. But then that's why you also eat up uh, Kvyat's and Albon's and Gasly's. Gasly's. But yeah, that's true. You gotta you gotta rise to the top. Yep. All right. So for me, you? I would say I, I'd say I definitely agree. I think it's it's Nick DeVries, and we've spoken about that before. How you know mid season he's at a lot of risk for not being here after the summer break, yep. and. uh you know, I, I think I mentioned it on the, the Canada review. I think that Canada was kind of like the last straw. Yeah. You know, when, when he made that move on Magnuson and locked it up and went straight in that one turn, I think that was, that was it. That's just um, bad, bad racecraft. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't think there's anything he can do in the next, what do we have? Two races, I think, before summer break. Yeah. I don't think there's anything he can do in those shot short of like winning both races to potentially elongate or lengthen his career. Um, now the other question is who would replace him? And I think there's a, a ton of debate on that. And, you know, even at the end of the Canadian uh, broadcast where the grandstand with Danny and Will Arnett, Danny came out. I don't know if you've read the statement on that, but he came out and basically said he wants to finish his career at Red Bull. And he understands that that might mean taking a step back to a lower team, Alpha Tauri. And yeah. then working his way back up. So he's basically like, hey, put me in, coach. Which a lot of people said it was crazy and they'd go with Liam Lawson or uh, I can't think of the other guy. But I don't know. I don't think it's crazy. I think you got a proven race winner there that can help get in that car, develop that car, help mentor you a little bit I more. That, I think, is the biggest thing. Is the car needs development help. And bringing in Liam Lawson is not going to help with the development. I think putting a Danny Rick in there... Just like a Botas in the Alfa Romeo, you're not doing that. Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo, you're not doing that to win. You're doing that to help develop the car. That's why you're getting paid to be in that seat. Yeah. And I think that that's a really real opportunity for Danny. Yep. You know, I wonder, and just random thought when you're saying that, I wonder how much of today's Aston Martin was influenced by Sebastian Vettel's time in that in that team. Yeah. I bet it's just sucks. Yeah, and it just sucks he wasn't here around to reap the benefits, but you know, Fernando Alonso will gladly fill that role. <laughs> yes. And I, I I am a Vettel fan, but 
I got to say, I'm not upset that we get Alonzo in there having so much fun with it. Like, yes. I don't know if it would be as fun with Vettel. I think it would still be fun, but having Alonzo is pretty. <laughs> Just for the sheer entertainment value. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, man, can you right. imagine that podium last weekend if it was Vettel up there instead of Alonzo? That'd be 13 Jeez. world championships. Yeah. That was wild. Um, okay. So then, well, hang on, before we move on, let's ask the burning question is Checo's seat at risk. And that is the burning question. Checo is one that popped up a lot in the comments. And I think, I think, yes, Checo is in danger. He's not a mid season risk. I don't think by any means. Um, but Checo's just lost his mojo, man. He's had two and a half years in that he Red Bull pressure cooker. He's lost that love and feeling, and I don't think it's coming back. He has, like I said, two and a half years of just constant stress and pressure. And I don't know. I think Checo would be uh, maybe like swap Checo and Yuki. I don't know if that makes that much sense, but like Checo is a number one driver in a lower team. Remove that stress from him. Almost like how Gasly went. Gasly went, dropped back down. He was the number one driver and started doing well. But is Checo going to want to do that? I mean, I think that that's tough. You're you're a Formula One driver. It's definitely a kick in the teeth. But you're going to want to stay in the sport because there's not many that leave and come back that don't leave on a high note. You know, you can be a Kimi Raikkonen and leave and come back, but I don't know if a Checo can leave and come back. Um, He's a great racer. He really is. He's been around for a hot minute. Um, another team would love to have him. I don't know. If you're Red Bull, I don't know that Checo seat's at risk. Like Not at least till the end of the year. I think right. that he's yeah. got a, the full season ahead of him. I don't think I'm too worried about it midseason. Yeah, I think that if Red Bull, if he underperforms to the point where Red Bull loses the constructors, then I think oh, he's gone. If he's it gone. starts trending that way, he's gone. If, if yep. Mercedes starts catching Red Bull, yeah, he's going to be gone real fast. But short of that, I don't really see him. I was, I was also watching something the other day that was really enlightening, and they were talking about how Red Bull and Helmet Marco will never see Checo as one of their own because he didn't come up through the Red Bull driver program. And when you look at like Checo and Nick DeVries, like they both were outsiders that they brought in. And so they're already going to be kind of on the back foot, which I thought was an interesting take. Um, but yeah, as far as him losing his seat, I think that potentially at the end of season, if he doesn't make a quick turnaround, because he's declined. He's only hit, uh, he's been what, Q3 four times this year, I think. Which is, you're in the fastest car in the grid. That is inexcusable. Yeah, he hasn't made Q3 in the past three consecutive races, maybe four. Yeah, that's uh, that's not enough. I don't think to keep that. No. Seat. And last year at Austria, he was pretty, he was like, I think around eight or nine out of, uh, on the starting grid. So yeah, yeah, he, he it's unacceptable. I don't think Red Bull cares if you came through the Red Bull Academy or not. They want winners <laughs> like plain and simple. They want winners. If you're going to win, they're going to pay you. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's too much loyalty or love lost from where you come from. Well, we shall see. A few more months left. All right, so let's move on to the second part of the question. 
So the second part was who is the most underrated driver on the grid? And so who do you, in your opinion, who would you say that is right now? This is really hard because I, I thought about this a lot. And unfortunately, the one guy that I've heard about the most and probably agree with the most is also the guy that did so well last weekend. And it's Alex Albon. And I don't want it to be overshadowed by because of his last race. Right. I think that all season Albon has done a really, really good job. The problem is, and we're going to get into it with some of these comments. I know there's a lot of Gasly fans out there. There's a, you know, I can't forget that he had a chance. He had the shot. He had the one opportunity. <laughs> and he right, blew it. Rabbit. He did. He blew it. Like, is he one of these that when the pressure is not hardcore on performs really well, but you put him in the Red Bull pressure cooker to win championships and he doesn't perform like Checo's doing, like Gasly did, like he himself did. Like, I don't want to like he's an underrated driver, but is he a world championship driver? I don't know. Like, I think if anything, I would say the most underrated driver is George Russell. And I don't even like the guy that much, but <laughs> I think he's an incredible driver for only being in the sport. What three seasons? This is his fourth. Something like that. Yeah. I think so, he's got serious chops and serious yeah. talent. Um, he needs a little more spatial awareness. He needs a little more experience under his belt, but he's the next world champion. I have no doubt. But he's such a tattletale. He's such a tattle. He's such a snitch. I don't really like the guy that much. He but, knows the regulations. <laughs> but he has got so much talent. I think George Russell is the most underrated driver. Yeah. I think on what you're saying about Albon and Gasly, right? And I, I did see a lot of people say Albon. Um, but as far as them not performing at Red Bull, I almost feel like maybe that was a maturity thing. And now they've been able to go out and kind of cut their teeth. Um, but again, you also always hear about how difficult that Red Bull is to drive because it's set up the way Max likes it, you know, as they say, on the nose and like super sensitive. I think Albon the other day was saying it's like playing um, Call of Duty with the sensitivity on Max. Right. Yeah. And so you get it on Max. Don't worry, guys. Um, we're going to re-listen to this later, and we will both be giggling <laughs> at our own joke here, <laughs> if y'all were wondering. <laughs> that wasn't even meant to be a joke. It was just perfect. But anyways, I think, in my opinion, the most underrated driver right now... In, Lance I, I Stroll. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have said this. He is a good Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season, but I honestly think that right now, from what I've seen this year, I would go with Yuki. I think that Yuki has has performed. I think he's been let down a lot. Um, mm -hmm. you know, just bad bad luck, honestly, in the races. But I think he's got if he continues in this trajectory, he's got a good path. I really um admire the way he kind of stepped up and filled that Gasly role as kind of like the number one driver there. Um George Russell, I think George Russell, I think a lot of people kind of recognize the talent that George Russell has. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think George Russell in the right time and the right car is definitely, you know, potentially could win a, or could definitely win a championship. Um, yeah. But and, I think Yuki for me is the most underrated right now. I, th I think that's totally fair. I've been a Yuki fan all, all season. I, I totally agree. Um, but like, just going back to the gat, like the Red Bull pressure cooker 
and like, oh, it was a maturity thing. Like, no, all of the great, I totally disagree with that. Sebastian Vettel was what, 18? Won his first race in his first season. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Alonzo, all of the greats pull the potential out of the car very early on. I've never, I'm sure it has happened and there's going to be a Formula One wizard out there that knows way more than I do on this, <laughs> but show me a driver that shit the bed in the first couple of seasons, got booted out of the top team, went to a rear team, and then matured to pull out a world championship. I, yeah. I don't. Well, I think on that, you also got to look at it as caliber and like tiers. Max, Lewis, Vettel, those are all like top tier, tier one drivers. I think that the other drivers, like, I don't think that Gasly and Albon will ever be a tier one driver by any means. No. So I think that's probably what separates it, right? The tier ones can come in, figure it out, and hit the ground running. The other ones might take a little bit of time to get there, but they're never going to peak as high. Um, as and it's not to discount drivers. them. I mean, that's like making fun of Tony Romo for being a terrible NFL quarterback. He's still an NFL quarterback. Right. Like, yeah. Alex Albon's still a Formula One driver, been around for multiple seasons. That's more than a lot of people can say that are winning right. Formula E and <laughs> Le Mans and Indy and like not to discount them, but those dudes at the top are just on another yeah. planet. I think if I find myself on a karting track with Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly, I'm not expecting to beat them. No. Even yeah. though I'm a I'm a beast when it comes to the cars. <laughs> I might cheat a little bit, but you know, hey. <laughs> Rubin's racing, Harry. I'm going to put you into racing, the wall. That's right. Hey, you're getting the carts. I turn into Nicholas Latifi. You better watch out. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of these uh, these comments. From... All right, so we could go on for days. There was tons of comments, but I just pulled out a few of them that we can discuss. So from Sam Richards, he says that Stroll is out. Leclerc going to Aston. Checo Good. to Ferrari. Ooh. And Danny Rick back in a Red Bull. So he he decided he wanted to put a couple people in there. So first one, Checo Stroll is Ferrari. out. Check out a Ferrari. That's an interesting one. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that either. That, uh, That's interesting. That would be. Get Checo and Carlos Sainz together. Would the Italians let a Mexican in their seat? Hmm. Mm. You got a Spaniard and a Monegasque. I mean, basically an Italian in the seat currently. French. French. I mean, well, I mean, they're right next to Italy as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they kind of probably claim Italy a little bit more, but. But yeah, would uh, they let Checo in there? Would they let Checo in there? That's interesting. I, I like that one. All right. So I, I, Go ahead. I agree. I agree with all those, except the Checo to Ferrari, that's kind of iffy for me, but that would be fun and interesting It'd be to watch. Fun. Rob McGrath. I would say Nick DeVries is having a tough go of it. It's not easy to be successful with Helmet Marco attracting one or attacking one's confidence. As for the most underrated driver, I would say it's Esteban Ocon. He is talented, quick, tenacious, reliable, intelligent, and relentless. Jeez. He's definitely <laughs> championship material if he's it if he ever gets in a competitive car. I feel like Esteban Ocon wrote this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's talented, quick, good looking. <laughs> what the hell is... Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Tenacious? I, I think to say Nick DeVries is having a tough go of it is an understatement. Yeah. Um, I think he's completely shit the bed. Uh, but 
I agree. It's not easy to be successful with helmet helmet Marco attacking your confidence. Can you imagine every time you get into the car, you just see helmet standing in the corner, just staring at you. <laughs> like, oh, the last thing you see when you pull out the pits is helmet Marco <laughs> peeking around the corner of the fence. <laughs> but he has nightmares about that man. He probably does. Uh, most underrated driver, I would say Esteban Ocon. Nope. I, I've said it before. I'm not an Ocon fan. He's no, had a I'm couple good performances this year, but I don't. I don't think he's that underrated. I the still think all in all, Gasly is a better driver. Yeah, the most underrated thing about Ocon is that him and Gasly haven't killed each other yet. And we're, yeah, we still have time. We still. They're, they're, time. They've been playing very nice in public. They have, but Gasly puts them both into the wall one more time, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see what we got on. Sierra O'Neill said, I actually think Max is still underrated. We've only seen a fraction of what he can do. He's the first of the generation who will bring sim and game racing hacks to actual racing. He's only getting started. Unfortunately, I think Checo might be in danger of losing his seat if he can at least stay in second place. So this is interesting because yes. I did see an interview with Max the other day. Where he was like, oh, the interviewer was asking Max, what do you like to do for fun? And he was like, oh, I play sim racing. And he's like, so you're racing when you're not racing? And he was like, yeah, he likes to play sim racing because he's not the best. He's like, he when he sim races, he likes to do it in like GT, uh, GT cars and not Formula One cars because the driving style is different. He yeah. said that when you're racing these sim racers, they're so fast, but they've never driven in an actual car. So they don't apply car, like physical car uh techniques and logic to the racing so he says he learns by the way they're going because that's the proper way to race because they're not tainted by what it feels like to be in a car and he said he learns every time and feels like he gets better and better by doing that it's kind of like that dude that plays call of duty relentlessly that's like it's not actually how <laughs> combat happens like right you don't get to just run around shooting randomly <laughs> and jumping in the air and diving through hole like that's not how that actually works that's kind of <laughs> that was what i was picturing when you know the sim racers you know are over there going a b left right up down now i'm the helicopter <laughs> right. gt you know, gta stuff happening but that's super interesting and i totally kind of have to agree with that now we haven't seen we've only seen a fraction of what max can do N maybe in today's car but in 2021 we saw what max could do he had a oh, car he that was not as fast as that mercedes and while it's arguable arguable if he should have won the world championship or not he was absolutely competitive in a shittier yeah. car yeah i think we saw sure. a ton of max verstappen there i would love to see a somebody else with a, a comparable car this year that would actually push him to the limit because mm -hmm. honestly i think he he just gets bored he just sets it on like 85% and just goes on level seven. I'm driving on, on level, level seven, right? Now. Yeah, exactly. I want to see <laughs> Max get pushed to a level 10. I want to see yeah. level 10 max. That would be on. Uh, that would be wild. I think we saw it in 2021. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I, it would be a lot of fun to see it again in a comparable car without the monkey on Max's back for winning the world championship. Yeah. It'd be a ton of fun though. I bet he would enjoy it too. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more. And then I think that'll be good. Mine, right, Stéphane so. Le Breton. Oh, like, nice ooh, pronunciation. Like 
Stroll is definitely the most at risk. The way Alonso is driving, it's becoming harder every day for his father to justify his seat. I'd say Gasly is the most underrated. Give the guy a top three manufacturer's car and he'll do wonders. He had a top three manufacturer's car <laughs> and he shit the bed. <laughs> he made it, what, a season and a half? Made. Was it a, se- a full season? A season I think he was half? there a full season. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work. And then he went back down and did well. So, yeah, I think that's already been proven right there. No, so um, give but the guy again, a top I, three car. Meh. Yeah, I think I think Gasly is a a solid midfield driver. Yeah, I do I'd, too. I'd put him a step above Ocon. Yeah, I would but uh, I do agree. I th- well, I, I don't agree. Stroll's the most at risk, but I agree that Stroll is very much at risk. I'd say the most at risk most at risk is a mid season drop. Stroll's yeah. an end of, or Stroll is an end of season drop. Um, and yeah, I think that the way Alonso is driving has brought that definitely to light. All right. Well, uh, I, I think that's it. That's pretty interesting. You know, just some of the rumors that keep flying around and they are not going to slow down. We've no, got, they're going to pick up. We've got summer coming. It's definitely going to pick up. So we'll hop back on and discuss those. And I'm interested to see which of these actually come true. And if my tinfoil hat theory about Charlotte Claire getting announced midseason as a new Aston Martin driver actually happens. Let's do it. That'd be a ton of fun. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and make sure you share it with a friend. And we will be back uh, next week. We have the Aust- Austrian. always not the Australian. Yeah, no. We have the Austrian GP coming up and uh, we'll hit up the uh, prediction pod for that. Sounds good, Kurt. Awesome, man. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. See you next time.